0: right guys we are back talking with joe we are so excited that he came back on the podcast um we have multiple uh episodes with him he was gracious gracious man i can't talk right now gracious enough to join us um so let's go ahead and dive into this episode
1: you're listening to the pt assistance podcast with your hosts ken
0: and laura thanks for joining for another exciting episode Alright guys, and we're back with Joe again. We're so grateful that he is coming back on the podcast. Um, Yeah, we have a lot to catch up with. Uh, We were kind of chit-chatting a little bit before we started recording. And I think we're going to kind of just jump back into that conversation a little bit. But uh, Joe was telling us there's a lot of rain uh, that's uh, been uh, dumping pouring yeah it's, how would you classify
1: it? i was like was that a little play on words there <laughs> yeah it's,
2: it's been dumping a lot out in colorado so we're out of the drought already but it just won't stop raining which is fine because our whole state needs it yeah you know, it's been in a drought for probably over 10 years or so but i don't i don't think a few yeah. weeks is gonna make up for 10 years but there's like rivers and water everywhere that i've
0: never seen in my
2: life. <laughs> and
0: that- there was a place in California growing up that like literally was called Riverside. Okay. I grew up in towards that area. There's no rivers next to it at all. Like there's not a river. And you're like, "Why is this place called Riverside? This makes no sense."
2: Yeah. Well, one rain. year,
0: one year we had a really bad rain and it flooded and actually took out one like the bridges and you're like, "Oh. I guess there could be a river." <laughs> Or was that kind of like I wonder the same if that's why they Denver? named it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that how? Is this the river? It's by. I guess it is by its side. You know. They should have named it like could have been a river or just river? Question mark. <laughs> could
1: a been a riverside. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe river here. little bit of a little bit of like how it of in Denver at of points? You're like, that's just bit like empty like ravine. bit of a little bit of a river there. Yeah. a river you yeah like,
2: huh? you I mean, a out to where I work. to where i work there's tons of, like, I didn't even know there was rivers where there are right now. <laughs> like, I was telling you guys earlier about, like, we have a a creek called Sand Creek, and it just looks like sand. You know, you can tell that a creek was once there, or, but there's a creek there now. Definitely, there's a river. No, there's but, a creek. Yeah. It, now, is it a little bit, is it a creek,
0: or is it more, like, almost like a river? It's definitely a river right what's, now. I was about to say, what's the difference between a creek, river, and, like so lakes like an inland uh, like body of quantity?
2: water yeah i, I think know, but
0: what's the difference i guess a creek
2: river might be that it flows from one main i don't know like
0: lake to the ocean <laughs> or to the sea it's
1: From point a to point b yeah. maybe <laughs> so
0: clearly we are not like what are the words geologists or People who survey the land—we're yeah. not. See, those we, don't
1: e- we don't even know what they're called. Like that's how much we know about that subject.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's like cubic feet per <laughs> minute of water running through. I don't. I don't know how wide <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's a, better, a, a certain that's,
0: threshold. Yeah, <laughs> that's better than what I could have come up with. <laughs> the Reasoning, I was just gonna be like size. Yeah, this one's connected here. No, no.
2: They call like uh, lakes out here lakes, and back where I grew up in Michigan, I would have called them ponds because they're not that big. <laughs> Because Michigan's just like you're never more than I think like a mile away from a body of water, whether it's like a legit river or a lake or pond or whatever. But anyways, I don't live there anymore, so that doesn't I mean, you're matter. You're surrounded by water. Yeah, lot of water.
0: I was about to say, well, yeah don't have that issue out here. You know, you can go miles upon miles before you uh, hit some uh, water. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I was gonna say, well, the reason why we're bringing up all this water and lakes and creeks and whatnot. Um, so we're going to be talking about being flexible when things just might not go your way or you have to work with what you got. Yeah. So you were telling us a little earlier about how your facility was starting to get some some flooding. I'm not sure what that meant for the equipment. We haven't gotten to that point yet. But patient treatments, the patient rooms, like how bad was it? What did you have to do? What changed? and all that good stuff. So
2: I sent you guys that video so you can just describe, I'll describe it. But anyways, my physical (laughs) therapist that I work with sends sends me this video on Monday. I work Wednesday through Friday. Right. Um, And it's just our housekeeping people taking a pole up to our ceiling tiles and like pushing it up. And just imagine if you've seen like a horror movie where the blood comes down the walls just imagine water coming down the walls. That's how it came down. And
0: I'm
1: just like, it's just like ringing them out. I'm just like, all right, it's, it's like literally uh... someone took
0: a, dumped a bucket. Like as she popped it up, it was like if someone just dumped a bucket. And just yeah, there's out.
2: like a raccoon with a bucket up there, you know, pouring water down, like you know. <laughs>
1: just waiting for her to like hit the tile. Like, all right, it's
2: time. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I see. I would get her next. <laughs> like, it's whole right. game up there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, so like, I mean, our facility is old. I don't know if people recall, but I work in a rural hospital, very underserved. The hospital's, I think, established in the 1800s. It's pretty old. Um, We need a new facility. We're working on getting a new facility. But, like, things like this happen. So, um, yeah, like, it didn't ruin any of our equipment. But it's definitely a a patient safety issue and even just, like, a provider you know employee being there like safety issue like you can have fires happen from water on you know open circuits or or wires that are torn through and you can also get
1: you mean you can have like mold start building up black
2: mold and you got to be mindful about this so it's not just like oh gosh something happened Mm -hmm. let's dry it out and if it happens next time it happens next time it's like no you have to run a facility i mean it's about patient safety like And this is on the, um, more of the inpatient side of our, um, facility that I work at in the hospital. So it's a pretty big deal. (laughs) Um,
0: well, yeah. And like out here when we've had similar thing happen where, you know, at the time me and Ken worked together, uh, our place leaked a good amount of water every single time it rained. But the one nice thing about us is it was during monsoon season, it would rain and then it was gone. And it would be dry weather again. So, like, honestly, drying our place out was not that complicated. Yeah. But I could see that how that could be definitely an issue if it continues to go and you guys are trying to do treatments. And there's literally Yeah, water. I think
1: we, we lucked out because, like, the, the rain usually happened, like, at night when it got really bad. But we had two of our treatment rooms. Like, they also had tiles mm-hmm. cave in because they are like, made out of that cardboard. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine, like, if there were patients in there mm-hmm. while it was raining that bad, then all of a sudden, like, these tiles fall on them like that can become a whole like liability issue like oh, i'm sure there's just whole complications with it itself so we kind of got lucky that they happened overnight we were able to clean it up and address it when we got to the office but like we were on the borderline of closing we're like this is this is bad like we can't yeah. really do much and we, we don't get much rain office. out here in general so the times it does rain i mean everyone in vegas loses their mind and forgets how to drive and the works yeah
2: that yeah, usually happens in like those sunnier places of the, the states where it's like they're not used to seeing like rain or snow and then it happens and then everybody like doesn't oh, yeah. really know what to do with it.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, our our school shut snow. down with like mm-hmm. three inches of snow, two inches of snow. Yeah, We yeah. just not we're not equipped for that. Yeah. So yeah. it snowed well, a little in all fairness, bit. It was school because shut of down. the
0: black ice though. Yeah. They shut down because the next day it was still freezing and it half melted and so then they were nervous about the black ice. Yeah.
1: We just Vegas but isn't either way. Still, clearly we can't it. do
0: anything. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: But so, like, what did you guys end up having to do when like things like that happen? Because again, you are in a rural area, so it's not like, hey, we can just get move this out or you know move get something new in. Um, I'm sure kind of when just in general equipment has quickly failed or snapped or broken or you know, the funding I'm sure is not amazing either. So it's not. you gotta get like, you're like, yeah, that'd be great to have this equipment to do this type of therapy, but I can't. And do you get, how do you get creative around things? All that kind of stuff.
2: So to answer the, like from the equipment side of things, (laughs) we are pretty much stuck with the equipment that we have. So, um, get creative with resistance bands. I mean, there's only so. I mean, there's so much you can do with a resistance band, but they, they're only going to load a patient so much. I mean, it's great for somebody Mm -hmm. that's like in the first few weeks of rehab, but once they graduate from, you know, (laughs) the bands, it's like, yeah, what do you do? And you do Mm -hmm. have to get creative. Sometimes you have to combine like tying more than one band together or doing like, you know, if you got ankle weights, like doing ankle weights plus the band or dumbbells balls plus the band or something like you have to be able to load these people. Um, I felt like we have just enough stuff in order to get by. Um, but at times it's been like, we don't have an, we have a new step, but it's on like our cell side of the facility. Um, and so for time management, I don't want to walk a patient all the way down there and walk them back. And we have, Two different offices. We have our PT office, which that's the video that that was from, that flooded, and mm-hmm. then we have our PT gym, which is basically a makeshift patient room with like a treadmill, like a
0: recumbent bike, and like a pulley stack. Um, so they didn't usually even bring... have your own room that was made for you guys. It was just kind of like, here's an old room. Here's a spare room. Just so, have Put it. your stuff in there. Yeah, <laughs> both of them
2: are are patient rooms. They're old
0: patient rooms. So.
2: I'm it's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of it is very kind of bizarre. And I'm hoping
0: we uh, get, I like that. They didn't put them near each other. <laughs> no, there's
2: like the, um, the stairway separates them. So, they, oh, geez. I mean, it's like three well, patient rooms down. So it's still kind of close. But like the new step and stuff, which you can use that for pretty much everybody low level functioning Mm -hmm. wise like the beginning of rehab but it's like on the other side of our facility and sometimes i just don't have somebody you don't have the yeah i don't have the time don't. you know that can eat up like 10 minutes right there 15 minutes just like getting there and then getting back like honestly depending on how the patient's moving you know it's like i
0: don't want to do 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 with the majority of the it's like sometimes you might have to take so much with you to get them even there by the time you set them up there you're just like there goes half my treatment center. yep, yep. Yeah. so
1: do you do the majority of the treatments in their room or do you do it like in so, the hallway you bring the equipment to them
2: so for the inpatients i'll bring the equipment to them if they need to get up and out of bed like you know from a more of an inpatient side of things like majority of my time can be spent without equipment because they're so low functioning that it's like oh let's do bed mobility let's you know,
1: yeah, you, edge of bed, Yeah, you edge use your body weight. In. All they
2: can tolerate is their body weight, and you're trying to monitor their vitals and make sure they, you know, don't die on you.
0: Where it's- the one where you keep removing the remote. To have them grab it, <laughs> to make them keep reaching out of your base. Dude, I had a patient so who was like
2: that. I, I, don't, I don't.
0: Okay. You're
1: like, oh, you want to watch TV? I'm taking your remote. You want it back?
2: Come here. come here. I've never done. I'm I've never done that one. That could be. That, I
0: don't know. That <laughs> could be seen as hey, that's that no, <laughs> Yeah, okay, that was no, a it's not. That's not. That's not where that was going guys. No, oh, but yeah. I've done that for like. I had a patient who didn't want to do too much exercises, and she didn't want to do anything. Mm. And so, you so took her remote. No, I moved her remote back, and I said, oh, are you able to reach that mo- remote from there? And she would go and reach the remote. And so and we you're like, do-, do it again. Well, then I would move something else. <laughs> so you <just> get that. <laughs> like, yeah, right, I got set. creative Can you reach, <laughs> this? Oh. Can you reach that? <laughs> hey, that is edge of bed, unsupported seating with out of a... You know, base of support reaching. I mean, it sounds thank like you you're picking much. on them, really. Yeah, but. that's a little
2: bit. You could get their act with that, like their activities. <laughs> yeah. like, you <laughs> thank you, remote, thank yeah.
0: you, Joe. I think you could only you know, do this it, one. Never.
2: You could only do it. Only a so time. many times, though, until they catch on and they're like, "Oh, yeah. you're you're manipulating me to do therapy. <laughs> I see what you're doing." Yeah. Yeah.
0: You, you have to pick and choose your patients. You do it with, yeah. but you know, Ken Ken's never treated the impatient side. Whoa, I had a rotation in a
1: Q. Come on. No No. I I had two solid I had two solid months in a Q. (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've seen some things i'm not coming back for yeah it, okay yeah oh,
2: we've, we've all seen some <laughs> things and then that's why most. i think joe's seen more than <laughs> that's true else. We, uh, <laughs> i
1: don't think i have him beat. we uh
2: we try to move on from those things that have been seen right that's why some people don't work in acute care because they're like Mm-mm, ain't doing this yeah you can't, you can't <laughs> i will do say
0: it. i remember the first time like i walked in and i smelt my first experience of cedar. oh Yeah. um, You're like, I'm
1: punching out. And you were like, I call dibs on this patient all the time.
0: Well, I like walked in at first and it kind of hit. And luckily, I was actually during my rotations. And my PTA that I was rotating with, she was my CI. She's like, you take a moment. Uh, she goes, now come in when you're ready. She was super nice about it. She's like, this is the one time I'll be nice to you. She even said that. She's like, this is, she because go, she goes, like, I kind of hit a wall at first when I walked in. Before, luckily, I saw the patient, because, man, you would have seen all over this face. And uh, I walked in and, like, it hit me right away. And she's like, okay. She goes, step out. Is this is your first time with we'll CF. And I was like, uh huh. And she goes, take a moment, gather yourself. <laughs> and then she's like when you're ready and if you can't handle it she goes we'll work into this she goes it's all she goes i'm used to it by now. i'm like she she just went in and did it like nothing but man that first time it whew.
1: stays with you like it just doesn't you know what you don't, you don't forget yeah
2: you know what's the worst is when they're like just coming down with symptoms of c diff and like everybody's trying to still figure it out and then you go in there mm-hmm. and the precautions change and then you're You, like, walk out, give the report to the nurses and whatnot, and they're like, oh, by the way, they got C. diff, and you're
0: like, Straight up, I've had that happen so many times where I walked into a room, treated a patient for a week. Apparently, this patient's been having bowel issues that nobody told rehab about. Uh, Like, OT didn't know. PT didn't know. No one knew. So, like, we weren't going the extra cautions. Like, patient would have to go quickly, but, like, honestly, what patient usually doesn't have to go quickly yeah. in that setting?
1: Yeah, like, it doesn't really raise any yeah, flags at nothing all. nothing like, that, just anything like, okay, that was, noted, like, but, like. Yeah,
0: like, like mm-hmm. or he would turn down therapy because he was, like, I feel like if I move, I'm going to poop. And you're, like, okay, like, you literally just got admitted. Your bowel systems usually are kind of upset anyways from being moved. And then no one told us they thought he had it and that he was being tested for it until it came back. And we're like, are you kidding us? Like, you guys couldn't have just been like, hey, by the way, we're testing the patient for C. diff. Mm-hmm. You guys might want to be precautious with your treatments. No, it went two days that they knew before they, they like, they had inklings at least before they told uh, us. I was like, are you
2: kidding And that's me? a good learning point ever Ever since I've had that problem, you know, you run into that once or twice in your career, and then you learn to read the nurse's notes as well, or the doctor's notes,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, especially when you're doing inpatient stuff. And then you're like, sometimes they don't tell you that stuff, and then you walk in and then, yeah, you get the oops moment, and you're like, crap, did I just expose myself? Am I going to have C-diff? But yeah, that's when I started reading the nursing notes and everything. I'm just like, okay, cool. No, I know what to do. And sometimes the nurses don't know either. So like I had a patient last week that was bleeding out. Nobody knew what was going on. And they got shipped out and shipped now back. Now there's
1: no one what?
2: Exactly, right? They caught
1: it. <laughs> they they kinda of got lost and in... they
0: caught
2: it eventually. Um, thank God.
0: I was about to say, were they like bleeding out internally? In- internally, yeah, it?
2: internally. Um
0: and so, like, they just, what, fatigue, loss of color, shortness of breath, all that jazz, and so, something vitals just taints?
2: So my physical therapist, you know, about the person, I went in the day after, um, and just, like, the patient, once you see a person die... Or you see them on their deathbed, you will understand what people look like when they are on like going that direction. So like I walk in, mm-hmm. I'm doing my assessment. You know, how are you doing? Blah, blah blah. Let's uh let's try to get you moving. The person was having myoclonic um, attacks. So if you remember what that is, it's just kind of jerky movement um of the extremities, very flush, pale pupils, dilated and. You kind of start to put this stuff together and you're like, there's something more going on. It could be anything, right? There's multiple things that cause this yeah. stuff, but you still have to make note, report it.
0: You're just like, it's there, something it's- seriously that probably should get looked at. Yeah.
2: And so that was, you know, Thursday of last week, got the person out of bed. Um and this is a person that had, you know, just a basic muscle skeletal, like fell, broke something. And so you're, Mm. you know, you're thinking pretty straightforward, but when all these other signs start popping up, you got to like red flags, yellow flags, like, should I be looking for more here? And I reported it to the nurses. They, you know, thought it might've been medication um, adverse effects. Um, So they knew about it. They, you know, Friday, this person, I worked with them again on Friday, they were even better, you know, still less mild clonus and, um, less diaphoretic and just less pale so i was like okay so maybe it was the medication right and then over the weekend i think everything's getting sorted out yeah over the weekend found out that the person got shipped out because they found internal bleeding and now they're back which is good but it kind of like for me it's like you know i knew st- something was going on I, something you was, know, i don't know exactly yeah but... i mean and You try to do the best you can with the information you have, but you can also look at their labs. This is one thing that I did look at. I did look at their hematocrit and their hemoglobin and all that's going to be affected when people start losing blood. You should be able to be like, okay, those numbers aren't correct, right? But because I notice that, the nurses notice that, the physicians notice that, I can make my own assessment to be like, okay, I can still treat this person. Nobody's worried about this. Unless, like, I stand this person up and they just, like, tank on me, their blood pressure drops, all that stuff. Like, that's a different story. But, you know, you only do what you can.
0: I'm within my... Yeah, I'm still within the, the scope of it's okay to treat, but just definitely be on the lookout side. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is, like, in inpatient, they take those vitals. But, you know, you're not taking those, like, every... Some of them, they're not being taken every hour. Yep. Some of them maybe are just like once in the morning, maybe once at night. And so sometimes like that can change dramatically. And definitely if they're they're bleeding uh-huh. out, like I'm sure you've probably seen this a lot, just working in um, inpatient is definitely with older females, they get UTIs so easily. Uh-huh. And so you'll watch their cognitive just swap on a dime when they get a UTI. Yeah. And they do. They all of a sudden will be completely fine, and then they'll tank. And then you're just like, "Oh, okay." Like it's just so quickly sometimes how some of these things can come along. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely. But I it's feel funny like you
1: mentioned that that just happened to me in our clinic. A UTI. We had a a male patient where like co- like cognitive wise, like he's already kind of not fully responsive. Like he mm-hmm. can't tell us what year it is, and his conversations like they're just on repeat. Everything he tells us. Um, every single day we ask him like, Hey, do you remember our names? Like, that's just kind of like our, like our starting point. And his brother came in with him and same thing. Like, he's like, Hey, um, can you kind of just check him real quick? Like, I feel like something's wrong. Sorry. PT kind of did his thing. And then after a while he talked to me about it. he's like, he's still, it's, it seems like the same, like maybe it seems like he's a little bit more out of it, but he's the same thing. Like there's so much medication involved. Like there's just, so many other factors that it's hard to identify if it's whatever's going on. So same thing, like his cognitive function still was kind of declining in his brother's eyes who sees him more often, which would be easier for him to assess than for us. So Mm -hmm. he took him to the emergency room and he ended up having UTI.
0: Mm -hmm. So it was that thing where his like
1: cognitively is just declining, but it was hard for us to tell. We see him once, maybe twice a week Mm -hmm. and we already know that those cognitive deficits were there. But the family does get involved, like, hey, can you check this? And if anything, they just take them to the emergency room or go get them checked out.
2: But yeah, it's always good to they're... take into account like the family members or if there's a caregiver with them, because especially from an outpatient perspective, they're going to know more. They're going to see the day in, day out yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. From an outpatient, it's a lot harder because I do do. I do do. Uh-huh. That's funny. Um, I do <laughs> practice outpatient. And we're all five years yeah, old again. right. and we're talking about poop earlier, so why not? Um, yeah, that's true. But, but uh, <laughs> uh, now, like from a from an outpatient perspective, yeah, you got to take those people like their assessments and just their what they're seeing yeah. into into account because. To us, it might seem like, yeah, they're cognitively, they're always kind of presented like this way. But when a family member or caregiver is like, no, there's something off, then you do the best you can with what you got, right? You can assess them to the best of our ability, and then you make that judgment call or you send somebody to the ER, or you'd be like, hey, if you're really concerned about this, go to the ER, you know?
0: Uh and that goes along i feel like with kind of just bringing back to really that main point we were kind of honing in it you just got to be willing to adjust and be flexible during your treatments like family member comes in and they're like hey something's off you know we don't want to just write it off and just be like okay yeah whatever and just go into you know our treatment we definitely want to take value in that yeah and we want to be flexible with our treatment and how how they're presenting um you know, because you, you do. You you never know. You never know what happens. Uh, I've literally had a patient as I went in to go treat her. She was working with Speech. And I walked in and Speech was like, oh, you want her? Yeah, you can have her. But does she look okay? And I was like, no, her lips are blue. Yeah. <laughs> Put no. the pulse locks on and she tanked. She was below, like, she was like 82, something like that. And, like, just dropping. And so, like, I'm like, okay, well, you need to help me get her in bed. Luckily, she was like, like, get her in bed. Get the oxygen on her that she has, you know. Call nursing station. Sure enough, we're calling – they're calling codes. And so, we're reading off and it's just like, things aren't going to go exactly, you know, how you plan. Um, and it's hard, too, because when you have a situation like that, like, you need to still make sure you're billing for that time, too. And so, you know – um you do take that into account but be flexible with it and be you know willing to move things around is my big thing
1: i do agree that it happens way more in, a, in the, the inpatient setting because like we would go and you every single time you go in it's almost an assessment like mm-hmm. right now an outpatient like oh someone has we have a patient that has like a sprained ankle every time we come in oh how's your ankle doing oh it's getting better okay next time they come in oh it's getting better moving a little bit more okay how's walking oh it's getting better but when it came to acute Every single time you walked in, it's like some days we can go for a lap. Sometimes we're at edge of bed. Sometimes it's strictly bed mobility. Like yeah. day to day when you're in a queue can change so drastically. So you definitely have to be able to be flexible in all your treatments. And I'm sure, Joe, you've seen this way more than we have.
2: Yeah. I would even but, say from an outpatient's perspective, too, like the flexibility, like a, uh, like a point to talk about is like sometimes we – get in our own heads of like, okay, I got this patient. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with them today. And they walk in and for some reason they're just not feeling it. You know, they have, they're like, I would really like to try this. Like you have to be flexible. You know, (laughs) if you got a balanced patient and you've just been doing like, you know, the Berg balance like components, something like that. Right. And they're just like not engaged anymore. I don't know. Maybe like throw a ball drill into there where they're like, you know, tandem stance or like stance phase stepping and then mm-hmm. tossing the ball and stuff to get them more engaged. Like sometimes it's like I've had this happen a lot where I'm like, Yeah, I'm gonna do these five exercises with this person, it's gonna go great. And they walk in through my door and like they either had a recent fall or they had a fall. That one oh. <laughs> Or, or, you know, like psychologically, like they had a death in the family or they're going through a divorce or yeah. their kid's sick and stuff like that. So, like, you have to meet them where they they are at, right? It, great point. So it's yeah. not just always it's, like it's so cute, crazy. Like where you have to go in and, oh, got to review the labs and all this other stuff and, you know, do blood pressure, vitals and all. Like outpatient can be just like it's more of a psychological game.
0: Yeah, you can definitely like I can't tell you how many times I'm like, okay, I have this patient and this patient. Both of them are big soft tissue people. Okay, I might do this one first and then I might go to this one because this one can be a little more independent off alone. Of the moment like you start working on one or you got your game plan and you're like, Okay, I'm gonna have you do this, and they go, No, no soft tissue first. I was going to do my soft tissue first. And you're like, and there goes my whole entire game. Yeah, <laughs> I just lost it. Or I can't tell you how many times you, you're you correct. Like they've had something personal go on. It has nothing to do with their treatment. Mm-hmm. They've had something personally go on and they sit, they, they break down right away. You just go, Oh, how's your day? And it's literally like tears. And you're like,
1: that just happened to ask. me on um, was it? on Friday that just happened to me patient's father passed away and i think we even did an episode like on these like conversations on how to handle it uh-huh. yeah and it was my first time treating this patient and it's like one of those things where you just proceed with caution because i don't know what they're looking for do they want to talk about it do they not want to talk about it mm-hmm. so you kind of let them lead the conversation mm-hmm. if they want to go somewhere else like just go with that if they start talking about it maybe bring it up but it's it's very difficult especially if you don't know the patient because like she was still there she was still doing exercises she just still did her manual but the whole time like you can tell she was still kind of tearful she didn't really wasn't as engaged as i've seen her with the other therapist and it's like it's not towards me like obviously she just had a huge life event just happen. yeah but like those situations that like, you just have to feel it out and yeah. kind of play with it as you go along
0: all right guys that ends this portion of today's episode Don't forget to follow us on Instagram as we will be letting you know when the next one goes available. Again, there we post every, well, we try to, sorry for last week, every Tuesday and Friday um, with new episodes. So we'll continue down this journey with Joe. So again, tune in for the next one. Bye.
1: The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace
2: your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.